Welcome to this all-new episode of Security in a Zero-Trust World, powered by Unisys. I'm Steve Mullen. In this series, we talk a lot about technologies to keep business and government computer systems safe from people who want to infiltrate them. But no matter how strong your defenses are, there's always one potential weak link, the people who work in the organization. If they make one honest mistake, they could leave the door wide open for people who want to steal data or worse. Joining us to talk about the cybersecurity problems that can come about from humans in the workplace is Jen Bazella, Director of Security Programs for Unisys. This is the first in a two-part episode on this topic, and in the first part, we talk about how hackers can use people's trust against them. Jen, welcome to Security in a Zero-Trust World. Thanks, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, you said something interesting in our pre-show discussions. You said security is scary for people. What did you mean by that? (laughs) Um, It's really two things, I think, in my mind that make cybersecurity scary for people. The first is the way that we talk about it in the industry. You know, we use three-letter acronyms. We talk about the FBI and other three-letter agencies. The news talks about cyber warfare and cyber terrorism. And all of these words are very scary. And they're created and, and they're used to create fear. The other thing that people do is we use FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, to drive behavior. So we scare you into doing something differently or the way that we want you to in order to protect yourself. And that's scary to people because they think that if they don't do the right thing, that there are these horrible consequences that could happen. They could give out data and then they could lose their job and then they go into financial ruin and the story goes on and on and people's minds go down the spiral. And so it's very scary. I think the other reason that cybersecurity is scary for people is that people are generally trusting. They trust other people and they trust the things that they see and that the things that they see are really what they see. I think about jumping into a lake. You know, if you walk to the end of the dock and you get to the end and the lake is nice and clear and you can see the bottom and there's, you know, no sticks or rocks sticking out and nothing scary swimming around, you're probably likely to just jump right in. Imagine you get to the end of the dock and the lake is dark and murky and there's some sticks sticking out and you see a flicker in the water out in the horizon. You're probably a lot less likely to jump in. I think of cybersecurity like that dark lake. People don't know what lies beneath and that's very scary. Now, we'll be talking a lot about phishing in this episode, but I recently heard about a new type. It's called vishing with a V. Can you talk about each of these threats and how are they different from spam? Absolutely. So there's a ton of different kinds of threats out there, and, and it is good to you know to be educated about the different types and what to look for. So phishing is the most common, and basically it's been around a while. It will be around a long time because it continues to work. And this is where, you know, attackers will send an email and try to trick you into providing sensitive data, credentials, or to click on a link that installs malware on your computer, or to scare you into paying them a ransom. The next is vishing that you're talking about, and this one always kind of brings a, raises an eyebrow when I talk about it. Vishing is very similar to phishing. But instead of sending an email, the attacker will contact you using a phone call or chat services. 
you know, and the goal is exactly the same. It's to get information, credentials, or try to get you to go somewhere on the web that you shouldn't and, you know, click on a, a link or, or provide information that, that shouldn't be out there in the wild. Let's see. And then spam, you just asked about. So spam is really pretty simple. It's not malicious, but it is unsolicited. So spam is just an unsolicited email coming to you, typically trying to sell a product or a service. Now, I heard about one type of phishing email where they first check that you're available, that you're at your desk, and then they send you a virus. That sounds pretty scary. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So, you know, these attacks are becoming more and more sophisticated as the attackers are seeing what works in the industry. And so we call that kind of a double-barreled approach. And it's effectively where, you know, you'll receive an email at your computer from somebody that you know and trust, or that looks like somebody that you know and trust, saying, hey, are you there? When you respond and say, yes, I am, what can I do or how can I help? They'll then send you a file or they'll send you something that you need to do to interact with that then does the bad thing that they're looking for. So, you know, installs ransomware, you know, or, or gets you to go somewhere and transfer money, that sort of thing. So it's it's a much more sophisticated attempt and it plays on the end user's immediate response and their willingness to help. Now, clearly, these phishing attempts must work sometimes or else they wouldn't be so popular. Why do people keep falling for them? I think that's a great question, Steve, and it's one that it's a it's a million-dollar question. Um, really, the first reason I think that people still continue to fall for them is that we are generally trusting. We trust that if something is in our inbox and it's coming from somebody that we know, that it really is coming from that person you know, the emails that we're seeing coming into the environment are doppelgangers for the real thing, right? They look just like an email you would get, say, from your bank. They take you to a website that looks exactly like the login screen that you're used to seeing. And so you just act on it. The second reason I think that these work is society. We live in a society where people are doing a million things at once. They're moving very quickly and people expect immediate responses. And so we respond to emails while we're multitasking. We answer chat messages while we're on a phone call. We're doing typically at least two, if not three, four, and five things at once. And so we have to slow down. I recently, probably a couple of months ago, realized that I was falling for the same thing. And I changed my behavior. So now I don't open my email and keep it open all day long. I have certain times during the day that I open my email and I focus only on responding and interacting with those emails. I'm much more focused and I think it really helps to recognize the signs of a malicious email. So you talk about recognizing the signs, but is it really safe to say that we just shouldn't trust anything that comes to us via email? I wouldn't say don't trust anything, but I would say be suspicious of everything. I tell people all the time, you just need to trust your instincts. If you get an email from your CEO and your CEO never emails you, well, that should raise an eyebrow, right? That should raise your suspicion that maybe something is is off here, especially if that email is asking you to do something like go and transfer money or buy gift cards or you know some of these common things that elicit a transaction. And so 
in those cases, people just need to stop and think and trust themselves and then go verify. You know, my CEO would much prefer that I go and ask him, hey, did you really want me to do this? Then to go and do it and then have to deal with the, you know, the, the cleanup afterwards. So, you know, we don't have to report every single email that comes into our inbox, but let's see, be suspicious of every single one. All right, we're going to stop there and we'll pick up in the next episode when we'll hear from Jen about how to train people to spot a phishing attempt and what to do when you get one. Jen Bazella, Director of Security Programs. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Steve. Be sure to stay tuned for the second part of my conversation with Jen Bazella coming soon. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and elsewhere so you don't miss a single episode. Thanks for listening to Security in a Zero Trust World, powered by Unisys. I'm Steve Mullen. Steve Mullen.